What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Tomorrow marks the 60th anniversary of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy in Dallas on November 22, 1963. I spoke with Oscar-winning actress Natalie Portman at the Washington, D.C. premiere of her 2016 film Jackie at the Museum. Her voice is very specific and she had an accent that really told a lot about where she came from, or her, her, both where she grew up and then the school she went to. So um, it was very, it was a lot of work to, uh, to watch all the old interviews and, and White House tour and, and try and perfect that. Um, it was it was interesting in a way because when the camera is really close to you, you're also close to the camera operator, and so even in scenes when you're alone, you have someone to sort of communicate with. And he was very emotionally engaged and, and part of it, so it was really um, it was really wonderful to get to interact with someone even when I was in scenes alone. Um, I actually the, I have um, a film called A Tale of Love and Darkness that I directed that I, that actually came out in August. So um, it was it was very nice to get to be here with it, and, and um, um, we were at the Washington Jewish uh, Film Festival, so it was great to get to show it here. Ms. Portman, so you already talked about sort of how you mastered recreating the voice, but um, more mentally-wise, you know, how did you get yourself into that space where you, you almost have to be staggering around almost catatonic some of those scenes? Like, how do you mentally get in that space? Well, it is such a, an incredibly traumatic, um, tragic, violent, event that happened to her as the film takes place in the days just following the assassination of JFK. So it's, you know, absolutely what you would imagine emotionally that it would range between inc- intense grief, disorientation, anger, dark humor, and um, it sort of allows all these different aspects of grief to come out. And as a as a expectant mother of yourself, take me into that scene where you have to go tell Caroline and, and John John. That's one of my the most powerful scenes. Well, it's devastating, and it's you know one of the things about the film that you know we've all obviously considered the JFK assassination a lot in our history books, and there's but there's obviously parts that of the history that we don't have to um, think about and and have not considered, like what was that moment like when she had to tell the kids. Um, and, and it's just devastating, and it was one of the things, I mean, I remember when I read the script for the first time, I was just crying reading it because it's, it's such an awful thing to have to um, imagine telling, telling a kid. Well, something that I learned from the script when I read it, which I was so surprised about, was that she had such a role in crafting the legacy herself, that she took such a strong um, narrative authorship um, in, in the whole 
um, process, which, which is really astonishing, and especially that she had that presence of mind in those days that she was going through incredible turmoil herself to, um, to have the presence of mind to, to try and author a legacy is, is very impressive. I didn't have a ton of time to prepare, so it was it was it was quite fast, but it was very intense. And we, I worked with a great dialect coach who um, we just listened to the tapes over and over and over again, and watched the White House tour over and over and over, and um, rehearsed it so that by the time I got to set it, I could just not think about it. Well, I think that Jackie was one of the first, maybe along with Eleanor Roosevelt, who had a real agenda of her own in the White House, namely, you know, creating sort of a cultural legacy in, um, you know, for, for, the, uh, for the country, creating um, a spotlight on artists, um, having these objects that had historical meaning um, in, in the White House and preserving buildings that were meaningful to the history of the country. Um, and since then, of course, first ladies and hopefully in the future for spouses um, will um, also be this sort of extra gift that the country gets when they get their president that they, you know, it's not someone who's elected, um, it's not someone who's an official role, but they're still working to help our country become a better place. Um, I hope for the best for our country, I think, as all of us do, and um, I, I um, have faith that our country can um, get through a very divided moment. I also spoke on the red carpet with director Pablo Lorraine. Well, there, there are different time layers in, in, in the film. Uh, one is, um, is, you know, based on a real interview that actually happened. Uh, right a week after the assassination of President Kennedy, and and that interview allowed us to sort of coin the you know the, the cabinet myth, and, and and we also brought a lot of information, and you know from fiction. Noah wrote it, and it's just from different sources and different ideas. And there's also a, a very well-known and particular White House tour that she did in. In 1961, uh, after the restoration, she showed uh, to the American people how uh, was the White House from the inside, and, and the restoration she did. So it was beautiful material, and, and combined with with the true events, you know, it, it creates an, a beautiful illusion. I mean, there's things that you can replace and things that you can. We actually built uh, the the White House in in studios in in, in Paris. But then when you are outside, you've got to be in D.C. This is not replaceable. This, is, this city is just one. And, and the buildings in the city and the, and the sort of the, the ambient in here is, is unique. And, and it has history and it has a weight. And, and, it's a, and I love the light of the city. We shot a lot of uh, exteriors and we had a beautiful, amazing days. And, and it was uh, very interesting. Yeah. Of course, please. You can replace the scene. Just one. Hey, sir. Jason from W2. Um, great film. Loved it. Um, I love how you, you know, you intersperse the, the archival footage with with the actors. But um, sometimes it's done cuts. But the one that I really loved and want to know was uh, when she's staring out the car window and it's a reflection of the, the, yeah. the crowd. Is that is that the archival reflection? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, Tell me where that idea to come to. That that's genius. How'd you think of it? Well, because during the funeral, um, there were some camera that they were they were they were making shots from the car. So it was very simple to create that reflection. It was it's a very simple thing to do. It just feels very well, and it, and it's it's very well played by Natalie, and the footage was amazing. So yeah, 
I noticed a lot of uh, not only the car reflection, but there's a lot of mirrors. Like there's like the three mirrored thing when she's putting the hat on. Is it sort of like a? Is that something you're going for? Is because she's reflecting on things, or you know, I, I I noticed a lot of mirrors. I'm curious. Well, mirrors are essential to cinema, and mirrors are every camera has a mirror, and especially if you work in film. And and Jackie was a you know a fashion icon. So I'm, I, I'm telling you that she, you know, looked at the mirror. And also I think um, a mirror is also a beautiful way to see um, a reflection that is not always uh, the reality. A mirror can create a, a very oblique reflection from reality and that's where you want to be. Like the double image is, is, is something similar. Mirrors are essential to cinema and to, to, and to movie making. Yeah. Absolutely. Tell me about like sort of the overall tone. Like the music itself is almost, it's pretty eerie. Sometimes, you know, explain how you sort of set out to create sort of the more nightmarish qualities. Because it is a historical document in many ways, but it's also, you're almost reflecting her mental state with some of that stuff. Well, there's... When, when you go to memory, there's, you know, memory can be very particular and tough and, and strange. And, and, and I think we, we, that's what we try to do, to create a space of memory and, and that has elements that are unsettling, are, are more beautiful and just combining different, you know, uh, layers of memory that would bring. And music there is essential. Mika Levy did a beautiful, amazing work there. And, and, I don't know, man. Let's see, let's see how it plays. Just a final question. Just talk about working with Natalie herself. I mean, um, how did you... Wasn't it originally... Was it originally going to be Aronofsky and, and Rachel, and then that fell through, and then you jumped on? And Or take me sort of how you got involved and how you, you chose Natalie Portman. Well, I was invited by Darren Aronofsky, and then more people got involved. And, and yeah, I, I thought Natalie was, you know, essential to the project. She has not only the beauty and, and, and the elegance and the sophistication that, you know, that Jackie had, but, but also she has something that I think is essential. That's, I think Jackie Kennedy was a very mysterious person on her eyes, and I think Natalie has that too. And that's why there's so many close-ups in the film. But I'd rather have the people to go and discover it. So, you know, thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. I next spoke with producer Mickey Liddell. We're here with one of the producers of Jackie. How did you, uh, how did you get involved with the project from the start? I got involved um, after um, the script came to me and it, it was had Pablo Lorraine and Natalie and a huge fan of Pablo Lorraine's No and the club and I loved everything he'd ever done so I couldn't wait to meet him and obviously Natalie, I mean you just have to say Natalie Portman, like I mean I would probably... Sold. Would Sold. <laughs> no, that's it. So of course I was so honored to be involved. That's so cool. 
Um, what did, did you also wasn't Darren Aronofsky was one of the producers yeah, too, right? Aronofsky. Talk about how how much he, exactly he was involved in this because it does have a little bit of an eerie feel at times. It's nightmarish, like a black swan or something. But how much was he involved? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's uh, I think you're exactly right. I think um, he was involved really uh, early on with with the script and in, and getting um, Natalie. He'd worked with her in Black Swan, getting her involved and Pablo. He'd seen his movie and got him involved. So I think in the beginning stages, it was so important to find all the right people. So he was really involved. And then how about in terms of just trying to, to cut in all, I love all the archival footage you guys use, and Pablo was just talking about how when she's looking out that window and it's reflecting the actual crowd of the, you know, my line, favorite shot. it's my favorite shot in the movie. So, Why is that your favorite shot? Because well, I, I agree. Yeah, when, and you know that's the actual crowd that was there at the time. So it's just, it's watching Natalie sit back and, and know that in her mind she's thinking about actually being Jackie and seeing all those people that are grieving, that all, she's taking on all the pain of America at the time and everything. And to watch Natalie do it, she just loses herself. She just becomes Jackie. And in that moment, to know that the real footage is going by her is really incredible. Yeah. How much of the final film, I've seen it twice already, and I want to um, see it again, but you. how much of it is, you know, reflective of, of the original script? Was there anything added? You know, was that framing device always there? You know, what, how, how closely is it to the original one you saw? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Noah uh, uh, wrote the script and it was amazing, but yeah, I think Pablo um, added, added uh, a lot of the framing story and also uh, Natalie added a lot of dialogue just through a lot of reading that she did. So, yeah, it's always, you know, it, it changes, but it's... Uh, it was definitely a, a joint effort by all of them. Is there a scene where you said the, the the window reflection is your favorite shot, but is there one that got you in the gut emotionally most? Did you tear up at a certain scene with when she goes in and talks to the kids or any of them? I mean, you know, I, actually, my, my uh, again, I, I've seen it so many times, so <laughs> I, I always catch me on what day, and I'll tell you my favorite scene because there's been so many. But when she goes in and stands up and says she's going to walk uh, the, the day of the funeral, I, I think that's one of the most cinematic, um, you know, movie experiences I've ever had, even not even being involved. I just sat back and said, who are you? I can't, I mean, not only is it Natalie Portman as Jackie Kennedy, but Jackie Kennedy standing up for herself and saying, I don't care what happens. I'm going for it. And I, I, I'm going to have a, a great funeral for my husband and anybody can walk or not. And I just think it's such a powerful woman. And I'm so proud of her in that moment. It's incredible. Awesome. Finally, I spoke with screenwriter Noah Oppenheim. Uh, the script was informed by a, a ton of research into various histories, uh, works of journalism, oral histories that the Kennedy Library stored. They interviewed a lot of the uh, first-person witnesses to this period of time, and, they, and they've kept them up in the library in Boston. Um, there's a lot written about it, um, and so I kind of dove in and drew from all of it. I drew from, um, from, from a variety of different accounts, written by people who were there, written by people who interviewed them, and then I, of course, filled in the blanks with some creative liberty and imagination, which is where the fun part comes in. I've been fascinated by Jackie Kennedy my whole life. My mother was a big admirer of her. Uh, she saved all the newspapers and magazines. I used to look through them when I was a little kid. And uh, I'm just a student of politics and American history, and I've just always admired her. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely, she, she understood that she could write her husband's legacy. And, uh, and, and she set out to do that in the days after the assassination and the way that she managed the funeral and in the interview that she gave uh, to Life magazine. And, and she, she had a really astute understanding of how to use the power of the press and the power of imagery uh, to influence how people would, would, would look at her husband and remember him. Yeah, it's always tough to write about people who are really well known. Um, but the, the beauty of Jackie is that she, in many ways, is a, big, is a mystery. People think they know her; they know her superficially. But very few people, I think, have managed to capture who she was as a human being. Well, I mean, people have 
done countless television shows, films, written probably hundreds of books about the Kennedy assassination. Um, so your, your challenge is that people think they know what happened during that period of time. Uh, but what I tried to do was by, by framing everything through her point of view, through Jackie's point of view, uh, create a fresh perspective on, on events that seem familiar, but uh, you know, and a side of the story that hasn't been told yet. The biggest surprise for me was when I learned that she had, in fact, coined the Camelot mythology in the week after her husband's assassination. I thought that the Kennedy uh, administration had always been referred to as Camelot or from the time he was campaigning, and I didn't realize that she was the one who invented that, and she only did it after his death. Well, I think, you know, anytime you can kind of draw on the authenticity of a, of a real location, I think it infuses uh, the film with something you can't necessarily recreate on a soundstage. So I think it was, we, we came to Washington at the end of the, at the, end of the shoot, um, and to do that funeral march outside and recreate it in the very places where it actually took place, I think, was really special. I, I think the, the strength that she displayed during this period of time, when you think about how young she was, when you think about the trauma that she endured, is truly extraordinary. And I think it puts her in the pantheon of American heroes, that she was able to help the country get through this and move forward in the way that she did while dealing with all of the personal pain that she was going through. Yeah, I think she set the tone. I mean, I think the whole country was looking at her for cues on how to behave. Um, and I think she comported herself with such extraordinary dignity that, uh, you know, I think that's one of the many reasons why she's remembered so fondly to this day. Well, I hope they come away with an appreciation for her extraordinary strength. Uh, you know, she, she went through an unimaginable horror. She lost her husband. She had to shepherd two young children through that. But she also had to sort of bear the grief of the entire nation on her shoulders. And she did that, and she helped the whole country heal. Hello, sir. Jason with WTOP. One of the things I want to commend you on is, you know, so many biopics, I think they just try to bite off too much, and they try to tell the whole life story, and it's the trap. But I love that you took such a narrow slice of the four days and, you know, and then, you know, flash back to it a little bit. But, um, talk about sort of the decision to do that and, and focus on that, that because you could have told a, a whole life story, but explain why that's more powerful. Yeah, I think you know, I, I think it's I think it's really hard to try to tell the person the story. I think it's really hard to tell try to tell the story of a person's life by jamming everything that ever happened to them into one film. I think it's far more illuminating when it comes to their character and who they were to sort of pick a moment in time or a couple moments in time where they were going through a particularly intense crucible. Because oftentimes when we're under the most pressure, that's when our real character shines through. And clearly in this week, it was one of the toughest periods in her life and, and, and people were able to see what she was made of. Was the framing device of the, the magazine interview, was that um, was that in the script from the start? Did you guys kind of add that afterwards? I thought I heard No, that was from the first draft onwards, yeah. I, I always thought that that interview was a good way to kind of bookend the film. Did I see that you used to be a senior producer on the, on the Today Show? I currently run the Today oh, Show. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Okay. How much? Uh, oh, well, there you go. Um, how much uh, do you think that sort of informed uh, those interview scenes? It was almost like a, a chess match with yeah. Billy Crudup and, and her, yeah. and how much to reveal and all yeah. that. So, how much do you think that sort of your life? You know, I mean, my, my my primary job in life has always been as a journalist. So those were especially fun scenes to write. I, I can't say that every interview we do is that uh, entertaining and that much of a back and forth, but it, it definitely uh, my. My life experience definitely informed that. And final question: um, What was it? The old John Ford line in Liberty Valance when he says, "You know, when the legend becomes fact, yeah. print the legend." Yeah. You know, compare that in in the Camelot terms. You know, how much of those interviews do you think was consciously myth building of yeah. the character, and how much do you think just just happened? You know, was it was it planned out? You think? I, I, th I think she was incredibly savvy and knew exactly what she was doing and understood that this was her last opportunity to define how her husband would be remembered and. I think she uh, she came up with a really powerful metaphor in Camelot that has obviously stuck with us for decades. Why do you think that's the one she chose? You know, 
Um, I think I think uh, by making reference to something in popular culture like Arthurian legend, it sticks in people's minds far more so than if she had just listed a bunch of policy accomplishments. Uh, it just has it just has a greater emotional resonance. So. Congrats, sir! You definitely pulled the sword from that stone. So thank you, sir. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Our theme music is Scott Buckley's Clarion. Remember to give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.